You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all the issues, and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is a Tuesday, which we like to call Camel Day Eve around here. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're not quite to midweek, but you're you're on the cusp of it. You're getting there. And Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. You're awesomer. I'm awesomer. I'm awesomer than yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's not hard. <laughs> so, so little known fact, neither one of us were feeling that hot yesterday, so both of us are feeling awesomer than we were yesterday. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good That's, that's a, good a good feeling. Thing. Uh, beautiful day outside, oh. too. I mean, this is not May, right? This is still February? I believe so. Like, We're still in February. At least for another 20. By another the way, I have to remind hours. myself, though. I have to remind myself, and some of you guys that are older remember this. Uh, Boomer, you're, you may barely remember this. The blizzard of 93 was in March. I remember it. It was in March. Like, like that, three and a half feet of snow across northeast Alabama in, in March. March. And March is coming. Like tomorrow. Like tomorrow. So, all right. <laughs> I ain't predicting nothing. I'm just saying, what did the groundhog say? The groundhog, groundhog say, did he go? I think he saw his shadow. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. Stupid rodent. <laughs> <laughs> what about that rodent? Why, why, why am I banking my life on that rodent? Huckleberry? No, no. Although his name is Phil. I got to give him some credit. <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil. Oh, my gosh, we're chasing rabbits we and groundhogs today. All right, so, uh, hey, listen, we're going straight to content today. So I had so much stuff today. I thought, you know what? Uh, I got no scheduled guests, no scheduled guests, just pure content. So, yeah, I got a triple dipper that's just got some stuff in it, man. Hit it, buddy. The Triple Dipper, three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper, three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. So number one, it's that time we're going to do it. It's that thing that you have to do once in a while when you realize the storylines are so full, so full of wokeness that you got no choice. So we're going to have a whole segment right off the bat of adventures in woke world, uh, the stuff that will make you roll your eyes, curl your hair, Throw something at the radio or just laugh out loud because adventures in woke world, it's, it's something every day, man. So, yep, that's number one of the Triple Dipper right out the gate. Number two, you may recall, was it, it was last week, I believe, I did a segment where I just called it Skynet, artificial intelligence. And there was some freakiness, man, some freakiness with artificial intelligence that was like declaring itself you know, of a new name and getting angry and trying to flirt with people while they were typing. It just, it was weird. Well, I got some more. I got some more on this whole Skynet thing. And I'm calling this section Skynet bias because what happens if the original programming for the AI imputes bias? Oh, that's not good. So yeah, number two, Skynet bias. We'll cover down on it. And then number three, I didn't get to it yesterday, but I found some more to augment it today. So we're going to talk about what right looks like. Why are there some governors, and I'm going to focus on governors, why are there some governors that are just, you know, catching the imaginations of the people that, that they're not just, 
you know, sitting idly by, but they're they're going at it and they're going at it in such a way that they are galvanizing their their own their own constituencies. Yeah, there's there are some folks out there. I would say there are some folks out there that show us what right should look like, and we'll talk about that with governors. What right looks like number three on the triple dipper. But let me jump over to my comments for the day. So uh, I'll say this. Uh, it started for me last night in terms of what this monologue was going to be about. And I got to ask you, have you ever thought about how badly some people underestimate others? Like prior to World War II, there was a real tendency in, in the foreign you know, Axis nations to underestimate the United States. On a cultural front, too, I will also say that very often liberals underestimate conservatives. We might take longer to jump into a fight, but by God, when we do, it's a sight to behold. So let me back up and say this. Some years ago, 2009 to be exact, I was serving in the Pentagon. On one particular afternoon, I happened to be upstairs in the lofty areas where the offices for the various Joint Chiefs were located. Everything about that hallway felt like history. And the office staff for the Chief of Staff of the Army was extremely gracious and proud of what they did for a living. So the General Secretary asked myself and the other two men I was with if we'd like to see some of the artifacts that stay on permanent display in the Chief's office. Well, uh, yeah. So she showed us various items, and all of which deserve their own display in a museum. She gave us some history, some anecdotes about the various chiefs who have served in that same office and sat at the same desk. But one thing really got my attention. There was a large globe in one corner. It was a floor-standing globe, about three to four feet in diameter, and she said almost reverently, that's Eisenhower's globe. And then she reached over, and she kind of spun it slightly around to where it reached the African continent. She said, if you look right here, there are still pin marks. You can see them where Eisenhower drew in the landing points for the invasion of North Africa. And there they were, pin marks on a globe where he outlined the invasion of North Africa. That one stuck with me. How amazing. What a piece of history. Well, listen, think about it. 81 years ago this month, 81 years, the United States was still developing its strategy against the Japanese following the attack on Pearl Harbor a little over a year prior to it. We were fighting in North Africa. The Bataan Death March had already occurred. The United States was decidedly at war, but we were also late entries. The war had already been underway for over half the world well before the United States declared itself to be a participant. Europe was in the throes of war for years, and the Nazis had already invaded Russia. Immediately after Pearl Harbor, the Japanese had pivoted and attacked U.S. forces on Wake Island. They marched toward the fall of Singapore and forced the surrender there of 90,000 British, Australian, and Indian troops. But somehow, some way... The U.S. had been unable to stay effectively out of the fray. We were in the march to war. It had been building towards us, whether anyone wanted it or not. But yet, to that point, we had not truly gotten in. But the warning signs had been there. The constant probing and the pushing on our values, our allies, our territories. But yet we stayed out, and we stayed out, and we stayed out. But then came Pearl Harbor the day that will live in infamy. And suddenly, just like that, the whole of America was in and neck deep. Japanese Admiral Yamamoto, though, who led the attack on Pearl Harbor, is said to have remarked, quote, I fear that all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with terrible resolve. Yes. Yes, they did. That sleeping giant commenced to change the world. That sleeping giant became a superpower. That sleeping giant put its armed forces in every conceivable corner of the globe and mobilized its industrial capacity like never before in the history of the world. We were quiet as a nation, and then we were not. A sleeping giant woke up, and it did so with a terrible resolve. 
Well, when I started these comments, I mentioned to you that World War II and the U.S. being underestimated is historical fact, but I also followed it by mentioning that too often, in the cultural sense, liberals underestimate conservatives. In a social-cultural sense, I believe that liberal progressives too often become assured of their position because conservatives, we often act with more reserve, and they take that as weakness, when in fact it's really just a desire to live and let live, but then they go too far, and the sleeping giant is awakened. In some ways, you're watching that right now as it plays out across the nation, that conservatives have just had enough. Parents are pushing back at school boards. Woke corporations are feeling the pinch as they find their consumers shying away from their products. High-tech censorship is being fought even today at the Supreme Court. Young men and women are not enlisting in the U.S. military in record numbers because of wokeness. Vaccine mandates fell flat on their faces. School choice legislation is being passed in states all over the nation. A sleeping giant, culturally speaking, has awakened. But let me tell you the next level of awakening that I sense is on the rise right now. And I'll just call it the conservative marketplace. So last night I watched with fascination as a man by the name of Omid Malik was interviewed. Malik is a financier with deep pockets and apparently very deep conservative values. And he's working right now on a $200 million merger with another entity, an online marketplace called Public Square. Now picture a conservative version of Amazon where any number of products can be purchased, but every participant in the Public Square online market has to agree to not enforce woke policies as a rule. So Public Square launched seven months ago, apparently, and it's just gone viral. Over 50,000 patriotic vendors are now participating. It's processed millions of transactions. Donald Trump Jr. and former Arizona Senate candidate Blake Masters are now involved as advisors calling themselves the nation's largest directory of patriotic America-first business and consumers that has ever existed. Omid Malik said that what we're about to see is what he refers to as the awakening of the largest block of purchasing power in the free world, conservatives. Conservatives, who he rightfully pointed out, are constantly being underestimated and taken for granted by companies that swear an oath to you know, ESG and other woke principles. Companies that deplatform conservatives, call to defund the police, mandate vaccines and masks, promote trans treatments on kids and more. Well, those companies are not welcome on this platform. In fact, there's a loyalty pledge that has to be signed off on to be allowed to participate at all in public square. It says that every vendor is pro-life, pro-family and pro-freedom. That the vendors are united in commitment to freedom and truth, willing to protect the sanctity of families and life, believe that small business is the backbone of our economy, that the U.S. is the greatest nation on the earth and worthy of being defended, and that the Constitution is not negotiable. And you have to check the box saying that you agree to those principles before you will be a vendor on Public Square. Well, it, I tell you what, $200 million merger, that's no small thing. And it took off like this in just seven months? Holy cow. Well, it may well be that Public Square and Omid Malik are onto something. Conservatives may have just rocked on to avoid true conflict in the market. You know, just buy the product. Please stop preaching to me about your wokeness. But then, you know what? There we were just an economic sleeping giant, but a giant nonetheless. And the largest and often most productive force in our economy, the hardworking, red-blooded, calloused hands of conservative Americans may have just been awakened and may have just been given a terrible resolve. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And that's a wrap for The Right Side Way. Well, there you have it. I mean, he, he literally described it in that interview as the next greatest buying or, or, or money exchange block in the world. Conservatives who are sick of being pushed around. Conservatives 
who are often the more productive members of, of the economy, conservatives, the ones who actually have the ability to work and then have an income that they can use to trade. I'm just telling you, this could be interesting. Y'all stand by. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you posted on this as it goes along. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Once you turn the microphone on, it's amazing what you can do. Remember, <laughs> just gives me the look. I, just, I had my mute button on. What do you do? What do you do? Well. You know. Anyway, um, hey, uh, I got. I got to. I got to tell you, yesterday's show uh, took on some life with that school choice uh, segment that we had. And, and a lot of folks have texted in uh, and, and asking, you know, what was the name of that? It was called the Price Act, uh, Parental Rights in uh, Something Education. But anyway, it's called the Price Act. The sponsors of the bill right now are scheduled to be um, S- State Senator Larry Stutz on the Senate side and State Representative Ernie Yarbrough on the um, uh, House side both of which are from northwest Alabama right here in this listening area, both of which have been on the show multiple times. Um, but Larry Stutz was on yesterday talking through the details. And, folks, I'm going to tell you, it, apparently it grabbed the attention of a lot of folks. I mean, the very idea that there would be the opportunity for school choice legislation that would allow for parents to have the ultimate say in where their child goes to school, that would allow, should they choose to participate in it, to have upwards of 6000 or 6000 dollars a year to go towards that education in whatever capacity that is, homeschool, private school, transferring to another public school, um, all good. And, and, it, and it's so necessary. But the thing that really, I think, sparked a lot of people's imaginations, and I didn't know this until Larry, uh, Senator Stutz was on the show talking about it, was that there's a plan right now for it to have carryover balances. So let's say you've got 6000 a year and you're participating in the, uh, the, the program. And you, you decide to transfer your, your child to a, I don't know, private school or to uh, use the, uh, the, the, the money it takes to transfer to another public school, whatever. All said and done, let's say you only use 5000 of your $6,000. Well, then the $1,000 carries over to the next year. You can use it for books and tuition, for tutoring, for you know, any number of things that might be necessary. But the thing that really got everybody's attention, I believe, was at the end of the 12th grade year, if a balance has accrued over time and it's still held in escrow in your child's name, basically, you can then use that up to the age of 21 for post-high school education. Wow. Wow. Hello. How cool is that? So uh, this, to me, is a, is a, is a total win. Uh, a lot of folks were asking, how do we find out about this? How do we get in touch with our, our, our legislator? And, uh, Boomer, I tell you what, I think – I want to say 1819 News had a thing on their website at one point, how to contact your legislator. Um, 
We need to find that. I tell you what, we're going to do that. Yes, we do. All right. So 1819news.com has a, uh, a place on there called Write Your State Legislator. And, and, it's, and, I, and I don't know how well it works. Uh, I've not used their, their version. They've they're got a, a service that's being you know, uh, put out on their website. It's there. The other thing I know you can do is you can go to your, um, uh, the Secretary of State, uh, I believe, has a find your legislator. And you, you, can, you can track them down and find out how best to contact them. But I would just make it known. If you like the bill, or for that matter, if you don't like the bill, tell them. And, and we're starting to hear already, oh, well, you know, here's the red herring. Here's the, here's the poison pill. Well, we don't want to do that because, you know, we need to make sure they got testing. You know, testing. If it's a private school, they should have testing, just like they do at public schools. How about this? What if we remove private schools altogether? Would you still oppose the bill? They'd find a new reason to oppose it. I guarantee you. If we found, if we found some, some way for kids to take advantage of an open enrollment or a, another school choice opportunity, they'll find a way to crush it. They'll, they'll, they'll do all they can because there's always a reason. Well, we believe in parents having a right to say, you know, what's good for the kids, but uh, we, need to, we need testing. No, you don't. You don't do testing now. Oh, you're so concerned about children that you want to make sure that that testing's in place. Well, how about those private schools that are out there right now with a, a higher graduation rate uh, and very often with, uh, with better results in terms of college admissions, and they're not doing your state testing right now, are they? Um, probably not. So how about no? How about, how, about, how about the legislature does what it's supposed to do, and it improves the quality of life in the state of Alabama? Get away from the teachers' union. Get away from the excuses. Let's get her done, fellas. Let's get her done. Well, there's a whole monologue, Boomer. I just did a second monologue. Hey, it came out. It, just, it, right. just, it has happened. <laughs> just turn the mic on and something has happened. I don't know what. Anyway, but, yeah, uh, if you need more information on the Price Act, or how to get in touch with your legislator, you let us know. We'll do all we can to connect you. But that's, that's an important gig right there is, is that, yes, school choice, legislation, this session, Senator Stutz, Representative Yarbrough, the Price Act, big deal school choice, tell your legislator. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Adventures in Woke World. 